been a pretty week, pretty pretty big week out there, huh? Oh my god, so big! Is that too loud? Oh. I feel like that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a podcast entirely about podcasting. Oh, I don't actually know that much about podcasting. It's gonna be a pretty short podcast. It'd be pretty informational for you then. <laughs> like when you taught me about servers. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, we could just do. Something like that. What would you what? say about just a podcast that's just like us checking microphone levels and like seeing if if everything was working correctly? I think it'll probably be our most popular podcast. Mm. <laughs> it couldn't be couldn't be more popular than this one. <laughs> Is this not that one? Full of saying test test and me screaming. Yeah, something like that. Do you want me to give a scream? I'll give a little scream. Well, you complimented me on my storytelling last time, so I've been trying to think of stories to tell. Oh, good. Good? Yeah. Do you have one? Um, well, you just put me on the spot here. You uh, put yourself wow. on the spot. I really didn't expect this tonight. Oh, um, stop it. <laughs> you stop. You stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, sure, I do. Um, so I was in... I was in... Uh, Old Navy today. I don't know why. I a, f- a few years ago, I got a dress shirt from Old Navy that I liked, and I was thinking, um, I was thinking that I could do, uh, that I could get the same one, or I could get another shirt that I liked. That's yeah, okay. That seems logical so far. So I went into Old Navy because I was at the I was at the Apple Store, Old Navy stores across the street, whatever. So I go to the Old Navy store and I'm I'm browsing around and I'm tired because I've been working all weekend and I work like usually ten hours a day and it's just like I'm 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 tuckered, so I'm a little tuckered. And I'm upstairs and I'm looking at some shirts and I don't really want it, so I'm just kind of staring at myself in the mirror and I've got my headphones in and <laughs> I get a tap on the shoulder and I was like, oh no, they're closing and I didn't hear the thing, so they're trying to ask me to leave. So I turn around and there's this older guy standing there and he's got this suit on. And I take out my headphones, I go, can I help you? <laughs> and he says, yes, do you work here? Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, no. Uh, I need to go home and burn this outfit. And of course, I need to stop saying, can I help you to people? Because can it makes it sound you? like I work in a place. Um, no, sir, I do not work here, you motherfucker. <laughs> and then I spat on his shoes and left. Maybe he's going to offer you a job. <laughs> Do you work here? Because you should. <laughs> well, I'm Maybe. sorry about that. What were you wearing? Was it all old navy clothes? You... No, I was wearing like jeans and a t-shirt for the San Francisco Needle Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be badass if you look like an old navy employee. Like if that was a standard old navy employee outfit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my roommate said Urban Outfitters, Maybe. Maybe. Because it's like, as like, like I had worn out like boat shoes and jeans and a t-shirt that said San Francisco Needle Exchange and has like an X made with two needles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really, bro? <sighs> Damn. <laughs> I feel like I have failed. I feel like this story is more about this gentleman's failure at observation than your failure at outfit. Well, that is very kind of you to say, but I'm not sure I agree. Well, okay. How about you? What happened to you today? Anything good? Oh, what happened to me today? I make any new friends? Um oh I had my first class today for the the semester. And there was a very nice person in front of me who gave me not one, but two homemade pecan tarts. So that was a pretty big highlight of my day. 
They were really tasty pastries. Tasty pastries. Tasty pastries. The Rhonda O'Neill story. <laughs> I wish that was the Rhonda O'Neill story. Yeah. <laughs> I would feel like a success. What would you call the, the Rhonda O'Neill story? Uh, it's time to get out of bed. Jesus. Excuse me? You like that joke? <laughs> it just makes me feel my heart goes out to you. Oh, why? Do you not sleep in? No, you're working 10 hours a day. You're a busy bee working <laughs> 10 hours a day on the weekends. <laughs> huh, what's that? I remember when I was your age. <laughs> we worked 26 hours a day. And we were happy. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't care about being happy. Um... I, you know, I still feel like it's a constant struggle to, like, not sleep in. That's that's going to be my life forever. Which is crazy because I work at, like, 3.30 in the morning sometimes. That is not true. That is an exaggeration. Sometimes I have Three? to get up at 4. <laughs> wow. Well, that that is terrible. Is that not rough? Yeah. Are, are yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Okay. You know, you're, well, you're giving me a lot of a, a lot of sympathy. <laughs> this podcast well, what would, but I, what, what, I feel what like would you like for me um, like why don't you work a little bit harder Rhonda I don't know maybe a chuckle chuckle would be nice maybe if you make some better choices a bit of a man tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no funny stories about anybody you met today new friends or anything um, you know I met your new friend or I met your acquaintance of a friend uh, oh yeah, I did. You know, and, um, so I was because you directed this this gentleman um, to my place of business, which is a coffee shop. Um, unfortunately, I was not making coffee today. I was um, doing some observations and some paperwork's. Um, so he he actually approached a coworker of mine and ordered coffee and was like, "Are you Rhonda?" Um, and this this girl was a little bit weirded out by that she like kind of called me over like secretly and was like that guy just asked me if I was you and I didn't know what to say um and I was wondering she has like she has like blue hair um she doesn't look anything like me actually and I was wondering if you gave any kind of description to me that would make him wonder if that was me or if he was just asking random people if it, if it was Rhonda did you describe mm -hmm. me to this guy at all no, I didn't mm -hmm. I just said my friend I have a friend Rhonda who works there I think she starts at 1 you can ask for her and she'll give you free coffee. Uh, I didn't have a chance to give him free coffee. And it's not really a thing I can do. No, I just, I didn't actually say that to him. Okay, that's good. But I said hi. He seemed nice. That is nice. It was nice. Not, not a whole funny story in that, actually. Um, yeah. Look at your choices. <laughs> Look at what you've become. <laughs> um... Um, let's see. Let me see. It was the holidays. I've been doing a lot of drinking. Seems like something funny should have come out of that. Uh, yeah, usually that leads to good things in my experience. Yeah. Good, good things. You haven't been doing a lot of drinking. No. No. Sick of all those good things. Yeah, you know, I really, there was like, uh, when I usually, when I used to drink, I would wake up in the morning after I drank the night before and I would feel really emotional and I would just like get really kind of anxious and think about the things people said and like what was nice and what wasn't nice and ways I could have been better and ways that I was not living up to my expectations for myself and wondering if the world was just a terrible place and, 
Uh, I really like those things, and so I miss them. But you know, I just can't drink because uh, I don't want to. That's fair. That's fine. Emotional hangovers. I feel like that's a thing. I've had that conversation with other people where where it's not just like a physical hangover. It's like a just a bunch of feelings, regret a little bit, just like a raw emotional hangover. I think that you're not the only person who experiences that. Yeah. Huh. Huh. But I think it's worth it to spend a lot of money on alcohol and yell about some things. Yeah. You got a bunch of things that make me emotional in my life that make me feel feelings pretty pretty acutely. Ever since I got ever since I got mugged all those times living with you, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I like every time I walk someplace that's like downtown or like urban or like especially at night. As soon as I smell piss in the air, as soon as I get that whiff of urine, I'm like, uh oh, I should keep my wits about me. Huh, that's a funny. That's like if I had imagined something that would I would associate with like a mugging, it would not be the smell of urine. But I I understand why maybe. Places, places, I guess, where people are likely to pee are also a little bit more private, and people are, are more likely to mug there also. Yeah? Yeah, the smell of urine will just inflame a vagabond. <laughs> vagabond? <laughs> is something funny to you, madame? Uh, um, absolutely nothing is funny to me. Good. Very good. <laughs> not, I'm not entirely sure what a joke is. Or how to use one. Have you been, speaking of jokes and bad jokes and jokes I tell, have you seen, you followed this attack that they had in Paris? Um, not closely. I have seen some things, though. Yes. Okay. But enough that we can talk about it. I'm totally down to talk about things I don't really know about. Well, so, this magazine, Charlie, Charlie Hebdo, mm-hmm. is like this satirical French magazine. Mm-hmm. But they publish all these messed up pictures of, like, the all of the remember the Boko Haram kidnapping of like all those girls in Nigeria that were kidnapped a little bit so they posted a, a, a cartoon of these girls depicted as like pregnant and like asking for benefits from the French government as like welfare queens Whoa. yeah and they do like really like offensive images of the prophet Muhammad and whatever and like I don't care much for any sort of organized religion like I don't really care but it seems like if you go out of your way to just be a dick like that's not a cool thing yeah it, it did seem kind of insensitive and like kind of racist from what I understand from the, about the pictures or like yeah. the comics that they put put out and so I'm pissed off that they attacked these newspaper publishers because like that's not cool that's not okay you should never be like shooting people Definitely. but at the same time like looking at the images that they publish it's like super anti-immigrant and like anti-muslim and, like, anti-Papist. They, like, really don't like Catholics or something. And so that makes me just think it's, like, the KKK of France. Like, if the KKK <laughs> in America had a popular magazine that was, like, oh, we're going to satirize, you know, black criminality and, like, Mexican immigration and all these things that we don't like, you know. Right. Um, yeah, you know what's, what's kind of weird to me is that um, what's frustrating to me about the situation besides the, like, extreme violence which is always frustrating and like terrifying and hard to deal with um is that they like the whole world seems to have like rallied behind this magazine being like they this is the like 
flag of free speech, like the example of like free press and and like they're fighting the good fight of freedom. Um, but like it didn't seem that way to me at all. Just just seemed like they were making some bad jokes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're on the same page of condemning both the magazine and the attacks. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's probably more noble people or causes going through equal or more violent struggles that are not being recognized. I couldn't name yeah. one, but I'm sure it exists. one of them exists. At least one. Yeah, there's a... There was a kidnap. There was like a slaughter of like two thousand people in Nigeria by Boko Haram. That is not getting a lot of news coverage. And there was like a bombing of an NAACP clinic. That's also kind of not getting any coverage. But I guess no one died in that one. Good. Yeah. World events <laughs> with Rhonda and Spencer. A timely podcast about the events of today. Not that timely. America's fighting men are off to war on the front. (laughs) 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 President Roosevelt addresses the nation. Can you do a President Roosevelt impression? Uh, You know, my President Roosevelt impression is not really that good. I wouldn't say it's one of my better impressions. That's too bad. I, um, I can do a pretty good Nixon impression. Or Ooh, let me, let's hear it. Or it could be a horse. It's really it. It's up to the interpretation. Okay, you ready? It, you know, it's a pretty visual thing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. You ready? Yeah. Ready for it? Okay, it goes. Ooh. <laughs> you really gotta picture the jowls. It's all about the jowls, though. You do get pretty jowly when you want to. And sometimes when I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Jowls. What a great word. Yeah, seriously. So, <laughs> as you may or may not be aware, Apple is coming out with a watch soon. They're, oh, I guess they've already announced cool. it. Cool, but... Apple. I love yeah. Apple. And so I always thought watches were these things that, like, pretty boys wore or, like, loser assholes who thought – because, like, jewelry is for – no, only an idiot would wear jewelry. Like, only dumb dudes wear jewelry. Why the hell would any dudes wear jewelry? Wow. Um, Are you sure you thought of those things? I mean, something like that. I was always thought watches were dumb because you have a cell phone. Yeah, it's kind of an accessory. Yeah. Certainly. Only if it's an accessory for pretty dumb boys. And I, I'm, I'm a person who prides themselves on the ability to know what time it is just at like any time during the day. But it's like, what time is it? And I'm generally within five minutes of – or D- ten minutes. Detail time by the sun. No, I just have a good internal clock of like knowing when I woke up and what time the last thing happened and what time the next thing is happening. <laughs> that's cool. Internal but, clock, that sounds cool. But, uh-huh. but, uh-huh. ever since they announced Apple Watch, now I feel like I have to know about watches. Yeah. So I've been reading about watches and like looking at people's watches and finally I've started noticing dudes' watches. Dudes are still assholes about watches. <laughs> and mostly the people who wear watches are pretty boy dudes who, like, I don't much care for. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you have done some research and found that your original opinion was 
just as apt as it was before the research. But it turns out that a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about watches. So you've seen The Life Aquatic, the Wes Anderson film with... I have, yes. Bill Murray. So Bill Murray's character, Steve Zissou, mm-hmm. um, has a son played by Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. And Owen Wilson shows up wearing a Rolex, some sort of Rolex. I think it's a Rolex Seamaster or no, Rolex GMT something, whatever. doesn't matter. Anyways, he's wearing like a nice watch. That's like a $10,000 watch. Uh, his father, though, played by Bill Murray, is wearing an old Soviet-era watch, uh, like a Soviet diving watch made by Vostok. Um, <laughs> How did you notice these things? Did you notice them at the time? No. No, at the time I didn't notice at all because I wasn't thinking about watches because I saw it like two years ago, three years ago. Uh, but so I've been doing – I've been trying to figure out like what kind of watch did I get? Like they express who you are but like they're kind of a piece of jewelry and like I don't know. So I have like socialist sympathies. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I should look into Soviet watches. And it turns out that the a couple Soviet companies that produced – or companies. There were a couple Soviet factories that produced their own watches, like their own watch movements, like the internals of the watch. Oh, right. And th- there were a couple Soviet factories that ripped off – uh, like Rolex movements um, and and Lip movements, which is like a French watch company. Hmm. Um, so there's something to know about Soviet watches. And Steve Zissou wore one, so why shouldn't I? So I've been doing uh, – I've been concentrating my research in that area. Okay. But also, a Castro wore two Rolexes at the same time. <laughs> great <laughs> which sounds funny and at first when you hear that story you think oh what a crazy dictator to wear two watches at the same time but actually he he has been wearing them since before they were a, like a luxury status item mm-hmm. just they were at one time rolexes were used by military people because they were the most accurate watch before quartz movements and watches so he wore th- two watches one that had like a two time zone thing a rolex gmt and one was set to havana time and one was set to uh dc time and then he wore another watch that was set to Moscow time. Huh. What an interesting anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> I was in, yeah, there are all these pictures of him like lighting cigars and like hanging out with Che. And <laughs> they're pretty funny. Um, <laughs> with all of his watches. Were they all on the same wrist? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so then and there are all these like weird Soviet, <laughs> Soviet relations watches. So they produced a watch. Um, there's this guy at work who I work with who like loves watches and uh, the, there was a Soviet factory, um, the Vostok factory in Histopol produced, um, produced a watch that Soviets and the Chinese signed this treaty and to commemorate the treaty, they'd made all these watches that are like done with a Chinese face, but like a Russian movement. They're really cool. It's, it's, it's they're called like USSR China friendship watches. And so I, oh. Yeah, I was thinking of getting one for my friend at work as a present. And they also made one with, like, Che's face on it. <laughs> it's pretty funny. What? Yeah. <laughs> but so I have this friend who's, like, a Hungarian historian. Mm-hmm. Um, and – or he's a, he's a historian and he studies Hungary. And he, he lives in New York, but he's coming to visit. And uh, to get him a gift, I got him a watch that has a story behind it because – in when Khrushchev was visiting the United States in 1959, I'm gonna say I want to say 1959, although maybe 1957. I'm sure I think it's 1959. He was at a steel factory in Pittsburgh that like smelted steel, mm-hmm. 
and he was like this worker and he met this worker and this worker was like you know what as a gesture of goodwill here is a cigar for you khrushchev and khrushchev was like oh thank you what a great gesture you can have my watch and he gives the guy his watch what yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i <laughs> it took me a really long time i tracked i looked at the guy looked at the pictures that are really blurry and i looked at the guy i tried to find out about the guy's family to see if i could contact them his name's kenneth jack i wrote an email to the russian consulate in sf and i was like do you know can you help me figure out like what kind of watch this is and like i looked at a wow. bunch of newspaper archives online um but i found my friend a cop uh, like the one of the original watches that they produced in 1954 that I'm almost positive it's the same watch that Khrushchev was wearing. Not like the exact same, but the same model. And I'm gonna give it to my friend as a present. That is such a good present. That is such a thought out original present. That's like super gift giving. I am very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. I did it more to impress him than you, but I'll take your praise as well. And uh, do you have any adulation you'd like to add? I don't know what adulation means. Um, I feel like you're being a little bit patronizing when I was giving a very earnest compliment. No, it is an um, earnest compliment. I just, I'm bad at taking them. Uh, thank you. That's right. Take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, gift giving is super hard. And I usually opt out of it um, uh, because I'm shitty, because I'm shitty at that. Or because I don't like things, you know, I don't like the capitalist concept of things, but I think it's actually just because I'm shitty at it. But I tried to give some thoughtful gifts this, like, this holiday season, um, and it's really, and I'm really, I'm, I'm going to strive to give a gift like you give a gift, Spencer. Oh, good. You've inspired me. I'm glad, I've, I'm glad to have inspired you. Mm-hmm. You should be. I, uh, so you... Uh, we have a mutual friend who... We have uh, several. Say again? We have several mutual friends. Yes, but we have one mutual friend in particular who I am very fond of giving gifts to. Mm-hmm. Who's this one? Uh, I think you know who I'm talking about. He's tall and lanky and unwashed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, continue. <laughs> and he dresses He dresses like a schlub. <laughs> a, hipster, a hipster schlub. <laughs> So one of the first presents I gave to him when I moved here is like, cause I didn't wear them anymore. It was a pair of knockoff Gucci sneakers. Uh-huh. <laughs> cause I was like, you dress like, uh, you don't have a place to go home and sleep at night. Uh, and I think it would be great if you wore Gucci sneakers. And he was like, yeah, I think so too. So he, he like has been wearing them. And the other day I was like thinking about getting a, a Rolex. So I wanted to get like a fake Rolex to see if it looked good on me. And it doesn't, they look terrible, but I also <laughs> recently gave him my fake Rolex. So now he has a fake Rolex and fake Gucci sneakers. And <laughs> what a good theme. theme for this piece. <laughs> uh, I think you should keep going. What else? What else could you get him? Ooh, good question. Some kind of jacket, maybe some knockoff jacket. Are they like super expensive jackets? Oh, sure. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But they're not counterfeited as often. Maybe they are, and I just don't know. I don't know a much about fashion. Bag. You have to get, like, a counterfeit bag. Mm, like a Louis Vuitton? Yeah. <laughs> like a little counterfeit Louis backpack? That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> we should get him a counterfeit Louis. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, deck him out with counterfeit designer gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would be outstanding. <laughs> how many how many times a month would you say that you see posts on Facebook from people who are like, this dog needs to find a home? Oh my god. So frequently. 
And and what percentage of those are for pit bulls? Oh, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Not, I wouldn't say that many. Well, a lot, uh, 40%. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 40. That's the final answer. At least half of the ones I and I know that we have different friend circles on on Facebook that we follow, mm-hmm. but at least half of the ones I see are for pit bulls, and that seems way out of proportion to the number of pit bulls there are like in the world as a share yes. of the breeds. And you know, I also see um, I heard my handful of people like a lot of like articles defending pit bulls or like pictures of pit bulls like not naming people or babies <laughs> or small animals, and Here's... then being like, "Here's a picture of a pit bull not being a dick." So. Fuck all you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of posts about any other pet breed. It's like this animal didn't kill somebody today, so you should adopt it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, prejudice about dog breeds is weird. I don't quite know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like, I am afraid around pit bulls. Yeah. So, is that, I don't know how wrong of me that is. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I, uh, like, it's not like you're questioning the character of the dog. It's just like, I'm afraid around any animal that has capacity and to kill me. <laughs> uh, like bears yeah. would frighten me um, or very large cats uh, kangaroos I hear can be quite violent how uh, large would a cat have to be before you were scared of it big enough to like break my face with its mouth or like like big enough to bite around my face so if it can fit your face in its mouth you're afraid of it yes I think that's yeah I think that's a pretty good standard for me, okay, <laughs> if an yeah, animal can bite my face enough that it would, like, yeah, hurt a lot or, like, cause kind of damage that would need, like, surgery. Yeah. And I think, like, pit bulls are just one of the few animals that can do that that are also kept as pets. Like, how many other animals are kept as pets that have the capacity to bite a person's face and kill them? Like, if somebody has, like, a lion as a pet, people are like, that person's crazy. Mm-hmm. But not with pit bulls. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and there is the thing of, like, domesticated versus non-domesticated animals. Certainly. Um, but it really gets you into dangerous territory with, like, how a dog is bred and, like, what they're bred to do. You know, it's, yeah. and then that, that adds a complicated thing of, like, there's a question about, like, um, I would completely oppose anyone who tried to tell me that there are significant differences between races of people in terms of, like, how they think or how they feel. You know what I mean? Certainly. Um, Except to the extent of like, well, we have a system of white supremacy in the United States that makes certain races of people and certain genders of people feel differently in response to different situations. Like that would be an argument that would be convincing to me. But you couldn't say like. But that's an argument of like, uh, you know, nurture, like the the the, the things that we are learned to interpret as we grow old and like interact with our environment. Yeah, exactly. But 
but also I don't feel tr- so I feel would feel trouble to say that like this race of people thinks always thinks this because it's genetic way that they think. That would be like troublesome to me. But it doesn't trouble me at all to say like uh pit bulls seem scary to me, scarier than do like border collies. <laughs> you know, one of the problems I have with the the argument that people make about pit bulls is that they do compare them to the arguments that people have about like violence in humans and humanity cuz like I just don't think that a dog and a person thinks the same or has the same brain chemistry or genetic makeup and therefore I don't think you can say that like well you know people's have rights too or like make make the kind of argument that a person would make against like bigoting like being bigoted towards a human human versus bigoted towards a dog like they're just different animals yeah I, that's certainly true um and thank god <laughs> um another thing that really bothers me is that uh, there's like a lot of like oh you just have to raise the dog right like if you just raise the dog right they're not going to be violent um and people like i there's a like picture that i see a lot in on the internets about this where it's like they put a picture it's like a picture of a little kid and a little dog like a little little pit bull puppy and it's like raise them right and they won't be violent and that applies for the dog too ha 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 um but i feel like a lot of people don't use that same argument when talking about or people don't allow um for like the nurturing of children in order to give them a like an ability to be functioning and happy adults like people are way more concerned about whether a puppy's getting nurtured than whether a child is getting nurtured and that is also super frustrating to me yeah totally that'd be that's frustrating to me too <laughs> so i don't really care like too much about pit bulls as like their own individual i just care about how much concern goes into whether a pit bull is happy and healthy and like cared for and um bigoted against versus whether a person is yeah well it really blows my mind too is like how many homeless people there are in san francisco and like how much like help is needed there and Mm -hmm. also like how many of my friends seem to be primarily interested in animal rights activism (laughs) right (laughs) it's just like something's wonky about those priorities yeah and to me it's like if you take if people feel like they're taken care of then society functions a lot more smoothly and you don't you don't have like animal rights abuses in the same way like if everybody has disposable income and a few hours a day to care about whatever and they have the time and space then of course then like it's it changes everything about society oh yeah just absolutely everything i read this um article recently in national geographic about um the way that children's brains develop like at an early age and how much a child's like development is based on the social and emotional care that they get when they're like two years old and it's Mm -hmm. just like it just changes the children's iq and like memory and ability to like function and ability to recognize feelings in others and ability to recognize feelings in themselves and it's like it like changes the way that the brain is hardwired to be like to to function properly in these you know, social and linguistic and um, like modes for the rest of their lives, and like if that opportunity is missed, then there this person is going to struggle with um, with the, these abilities forever, and like never have the opportunity to like 
get up to speed, I guess, on their emotional and social education. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they, are you talking about the word gap? Maybe. That some kids get their parents like read to them and they use certain like more words around the kids. Oh, yes. Uh, kind of. Um, that, that, I think that study was mentioned in the article, but it was kind of an overarching like, um, summary of a bunch of similar studies. It was kind of a tough article because there was one study where it was like uh, there was a particular country that had gone through some political upheaval um, and they had uh, for a period of time like um, illegalized birth control and encouraged people to have more children um, to create like a bigger and stronger workforce that which left a lot of children like abandoned. And so then they had these like um, really understaffed uh, orphanages where it'd be like one caretaker for like 20 toddlers and essentially the toddlers just were bathed and fed um and that was it and so there was all these children that were left completely unattended like socially and emotionally um and so then a bunch of like child psychologists came in and were like this is an opportunity to study some kids so they (laughs) like yeah right this is this is where it gets this is (laughs) where it continues to get pretty fucked up um so they took half the kids out of this environment like half the toddlers out of this environment they, they did like brain scans of all of these children and like tested their iqs and tested their um social capacities and um and then they took half of them out of this environment and put them with foster families and um gave them the opportunity to have like a familial environment and one-on-one attention uh, and then like tested them all again when they were like eight years old and Believe it or not, the children who had, you know, attention and love were smarter and happier. Shocking. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Huh. But how dark is that, just to leave some kids in the this shitty environment? I mean, it doesn't take, a, like, a, a study of eight years to be like, these neglected kids are not going to develop. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> my One of my roommates used to tell a story about rats. And she said uh, they did a they did an experiment with rats, where um, they first they took rats and they put them in a bucket full of ice water, oh, and no. the rats would would swim around and swim around and they didn't have any place for them to stand, so they would swim around and they swim around and eventually that they would stop swimming because they got tired and they would drown. And then they took another set of rats and gave them uh, gave them antidepressants. And they put them in a bucket of ice water. And they would swim for 10 or 15% longer before they drowned. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she would tell the story when someone was feeling sad. <laughs> That's uh, a little misguided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it boggles my mind how many studies that you read like that where they're like we put spent a lot of money and time and put a lot of educated minds on the study of whether or not happy people do better or like whether or not people feel good about themselves if they're loved <laughs> and it's like okay great <laughs> you did a lot there <laughs> good job here's a cookie <laughs> yeah Well, science is science is doing its best. Yeah, but I mean, it just uh, to to me that that it was interesting because that story and it's it's useful because it says like life is difficult and hard and shitty and that you can and that the 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 notion of giving yourself antidepressants 
and like antidepressants are helpful for some people and that's great and maybe someday they will be helpful for me um like that's cool i'm not trying to like say that antidepressants are dumb or anything i'm just saying the the notion that like we are in this sad thing and that it will it will make it not sad and it will make it something that is that will change the essential quality of the thing it doesn't <laughs> like you can't change the essential quality of the thing <laughs> just makes take, yeah take any depressants doesn't make the situation different it just makes you less aware of it or like experience it differently certainly yeah so to me, that's useful as a useful exercise, a useful thought exercise of thinking like, oh, what then is the priority for me? And then how should I approach this situation productively? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. But I mean, does anybody take antidepressants because – or any kind of mood-altering drug because they think it's going to change the situation? No, I don't think that story is helpful for people who need like antidepressants. I think that story is is potentially useful to philosophers like I was at the time, but okay, you're not a yeah. philosopher anymore. Uh, I'm a businessman now. Oh, so you remember you remember Frisky Dingo? I sure do. Have you heard Run the Jewels? No. This album of LP and Killer Mike. Huh. Well, Killer Mike is like this rapper. I guess he's from Atlanta. Uh, don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, but he's getting he's becoming increasingly popular. Um, and he he voiced the name of the fake rapper in Frisky Dingo, who ends up being president to Queel. Really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I, I read that the other day. I was reading about this show and I was like, no way. No way. Or I was reading about Killer Mike. And I was like, Killer Mike? Freud's the character on Frisky Dingo? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. No way. Right. Totally did. Um, that's a funny show. Well, I should. Killer Mike? Is that the name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Killer Mike. Check it. Yeah. Check out Run the Jewels. He does Run the Jewels. The album, two albums he did with LP. It's very good. Very good music. <laughs> Especially if you like industrial music, which industrial hip hop, which I don't actually think that you do, but Um I don't I can't say either way, but probably if I can't say that means I don't. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> or at least have not had the opportunity to. Well, I greatly admire your ability to go with your gut. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Don't thank me. Who should I thank? Uh your parents? Everybody should thank their parents. Thanks, so we'll Mom take and Dad. a moment and thank our parents. If you're listening to this, way to learn how to use a podcast, but also thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be in so much um, friggin' trouble if they ever figure out how to use a podcast. <laughs> they won't. Um my mom actually has locked herself out of her email. Because she, uh, well, her brother changed her password to her old phone number, which she no longer has and no longer remembers. And she can't reset the password. I tried to help her reset the password, um, which was a frustrating experience. But it's the, her email account is based on another, like, all. if you have an email account, it's based on 
some other email account, like your security email account. Yeah. Uh, but she never had another email account, so I can't imagine what it was. So I tried mine. I was like, well, it's most likely that I helped her set up the original account. Um, it wasn't mine. And then it asked me, like, a series of questions, like, a series of questions that, honestly, nobody will, would know. Like, what day, month, and year did you set up your Gmail account? And, like, details like that. Yeah. Um, so this was a 20-minute, like, exercise in futility. <laughs> At least it was only 20 <laughs> minutes, yeah. <laughs> so my mom no longer has email. <laughs> well, you know, you can um, – if you, there's a way to, to – to escalate it up the thing, and then you can like send them a scan of your driver's license, and they'll unlock it for you. <laughs> well, next time I am in Bellingham, then me and my mom could try to do this. Oh wow! This thing. <laughs> Don't allow me. Well, passwords are just the worst. Like, just absolutely. People bad. can't ever remember their passwords, and like, many problems with I passwords. Cannot. And then people just do really insecure ones, and it's just like. Yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why somebody would ever change my mom's password. Like, she has one, and she uses that one. It's a good one. It's the only one that she can remember. And uh, and this, I think a lot of people try mm-hmm. to help her, uh, like, secure her Gmail or all kinds of other things. So every time I visit, she's like, one of her siblings has, like, helped her use her computer in a way that makes it impossible yep. for her to use it. It'll <laughs> happen. And, um, and I can't help her. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty confident that she will never listen mm. to this podcast. Good. Good. So let's talk some serious shit then. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Not about my mom. No, she's very sweet. I met her and <laughs> she's a very you. nice person. I have learned recently, I think I've mentioned uh, my that my mom was named after her uncle Ron, Ronnie. Um, which I have learned recently that Ronnie also had a daughter named Ronette. Wait, slow um, Ronette. <laughs> Ronette, which would be my mother's cousin. My mother's cousin, Ronette. Wow. Um, your second cousin. I, I guess, so. yeah, is that how that works? I think your yeah. parents' cousins are your second cousins. Okay. Yeah, that sounds, it seems like it could be right. Um... So that was kind of exciting. There's more Ron duh variations in the family. Hmm. hmm. I think there's a couple of Veronicas, but that's kind of a stretch. Veronicas? You mean like as a stretch of Rhonda? Yeah. Yeah. Or Ron. A stretch. I guess the, that is the base. Quite a stretch. The base would be Ron. It's not that big of a stretch. It's quite it's a, a stretch. bit of a stretch. It's no. It's like a. You know, maybe like a beginner yoga stretch. Downward facing dog. <laughs> oh, so, oh my God. I just went to the most outrageous party. Oh my my God, friend. Man. So I have this friend and he's okay. He works in <laughs> finance, which is like, okay, whatever. If you need to work in finance, then do your thing. Um, <laughs> every time I meet somebody who works in finance, I'm like, oh, did you, uh, you work in human rights? And they're like, no, 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 finance. And I, oh, excuse me. Uh, but he, <laughs> so he works in finance for like Wells Fargo or something. And so he was having his birthday and it was like, cool. oh great, it's his birthday. So he rents out an art gallery for his birthday. He's, what? Yeah. You can do um, that? It's like this modern <laughs> hip art gallery. But what I, th- I thought he rented it out, yeah. but then we get the invitation and it's like, pay $25 to come to my birthday party. 
at this art gallery. Oh, no. And then so he, so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. And then he emails me personally and is like, hey, I noticed that you're not coming to my birthday party, but I would love to have what? you there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. So I was like, whatever. You know what? Fine. So I get a ticket for me. And that's, of course, it's on a Friday. So I like invite my girlfriend. And we go, and it's just like this dude is talking about his trip to India and how it was so great. And this other guy's like, "Yeah, India is like the most spiritual place I've ever been. I went for five weeks a couple of years ago, and blah blah blah." And I was just like, "Kill me now, kill me now, <laughs> can't be away from these racist fucks." And like, the art wasn't very good, and so I'm very mad at my friend. Um, I should not have gone, and I did, and now I regret it. Um, <laughs> so it was like a 50 yes. dollar evening for you <laughs> it was indeed and, and, they, and he was like there's free booze and I was like I don't drink and he was like neither do I and I was like then why do you have booze why do you have booze at your party if you don't drink either and he was like for people who drink I was like you didn't think this through very well either but anyway the reason why that story was apropos is because his girlfriend was there and I met her for the first time and she is a yoga teacher But he he collects these girlfriends that he gets very, very close with or seems to, and then they break up under mysterious circumstances. Uh, And so I'm pretty sure that he's, like, collecting her as, like, a, ooh, I'm dating a yoga teacher. Like, isn't that sexual? That's unfortunate. So I met met her, and I was like, oh, you poor thing. (laughs) But you have to be complicit in this. Like, you can't meet him and not know that that's what's going on. So, yeah. Seriously. Somebody's going to listen to this and put put it together who this is and then tell him and he's going to be very upset with me. It, it, you think so? Uh, you think maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, those are, you've said some pretty scathing things about this person's character, their ability to plan a party, um, just like the people that they hang out with, their career well, I choices. Mean, I mean, is there anything? Do you want to talk about he's the way this person very dresses? Dapper. Uh, I, he's a great dresser. Um, but yeah, as we were leaving, Rhonda, as we were leaving this party, uh, I was like, I introduced him to my girlfriend, and uh, oh god, what did he say? He said he talked. To, he's he's like, um, she was like, oh, it's great that you had this venue. And she didn't care, care much for. She felt the same same way about it I did. And he was like, yeah. And he told her the price of the venue per hour. Yeah, he was like, what? yeah, it's great. We also get this blah, blah, blah deal on it. And I was like, shut the fuck up. So I looked at him and I was like, oh, yeah, well, what? I mean, what's the most expensive thing that you're wearing right now? <laughs> like, what's the most expensive component of your outfit right now? <laughs> and, and so I made him catalog every piece of thing he was wearing. It turns out the most expensive thing he was wearing was his suit, which cost $1,000. Good <laughs> so. God. Yet he made you guys yeah, pay it's to like, get into come his party. On. If you're really swimming in it, then <laughs> swim in it. And if you're not, then quit. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh, was he wearing, he was a, wearing watch? a watch? But it was a cheap watch. It was mm. one of those skeleton watches that doesn't have a dial, but you can see how the inside works. I think they're kind of cool. Uh, they're kind of cool looking. What do you think they are? Yeah, the skeleton watches. Yeah. But he said his was a cheap one. I don't know. I can't really tell the difference. The, thing, the things that make a watch cool to me are, to some extent, how it looks, but mostly, like, the provenance and, like, the, like, is it a cool, like, is it a cool watch? The, the idea of somebody who wears a Rolex 
it's like that doesn't really appeal to me because even like Rolexes are so busy and so flashy that I can't even I can't deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely like yeah. a more simple. Sound like like metal bracelets uh, on a watch is like. Thing is your... Could you be more loud with that? <laughs> um, I like leather bands. Yeah, me too. I think those are. Nice. I think that's the way to go. But I also like those cool watches where it's like, I can set a timer and this can go underwater and like it has a bunch of like things that it does that are useful if you do these things, which like I don't do any of the things that would make a watch like that useful, but I would like to do some you? of those things. And I was once, yeah. Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. If I like, if I still swam or if I like wanted to comp- like, be like, oh, how fast can I swim this distance? Like, one of those watches would be sweet. Yeah. Or if, like, I scuba dived. Um, maybe it's not the watch I like, <laughs> but the lifestyle that the watch implies. Yeah, that's cool, though. I think <laughs> that's acceptable. Like... Yeah. And probably a lot of why people like watches is for the same reason. Like, the lifestyle that a Rolex yeah. implies. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, have a pretty flashy lifestyle. You should see the Wi-Fi bot. <laughs> hey, giggity. <laughs> oh man yoga is something you know, i will never enjoy i did i was doing yoga classes for a while some girl i was working with talked me into going with her yeah it was it was weird yeah. it's not my thing no i want i want to be it good at it because it seems like it would be good for you but good god and I can't take it seriously. And people like do a lot of noises with their mouths and bodies. Um, and you can't laugh. Like you're not allowed to laugh in yoga. <laughs> it's definitely not what you're supposed to be doing. I laughed anyway. <laughs> yeah, I did too. That's why we got kicked out. <laughs> the thing... Yeah. I'm also terrified that I'm gonna just fart every time I'm in yoga. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Bend in weird. I'm gonna fart. It's gonna be uncomfortable for me and people around me. And nobody's going to laugh because you're not allowed to laugh. The thing that I don't like about yoga is, usually is how, like, woo it is. Of how they're like, gather your spiritual energies in this pose. Yeah. Like, yes. What spiritual <laughs> energies? Clearly <laughs> 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 yeah, you're not gathering. That's the problem. <laughs> Gotta work on those chakras. Yeah. Totally. Well, one of the things I like to ask people is when they say something has a lot of fiber, is I ask them what fiber is exactly. Um, I Okay, so I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but I always imagine when somebody's like, oh, this has a lot of fiber in it, that it's like just really like coarse material that's just going to like go through your body and collect other things. Like, like you know those yeah. snakes that you put in a drain? Yeah, I kind of imagine it like that so, for your body. Yes. So, I, I, so for a long time, I was a denier. I was a fiber denier. I said, there's no such thing as fiber. No one has been able to tell me what fiber actually <laughs> is. So I don't believe that there is such a thing. Uh, and people – so eventually I had to look it up because no, no one gave me a, a good enough upset? definition. But it is the elements of a food item that are undigestible. And it helps clear out your uh, – uh. it helps clear out your digestive system. So it is. It is essentially just like coarse material. Yes. It's not necessarily coarse. It's just like particles, but yes. Well, I mean, probably more coarse than a digested well, sure, food. Sure, certainly. Particle. So yes, you are entirely correct. 
Um, mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I rarely admit I rarely admit that others are correct, so you should really take this one home. I hadn't noticed that about you. Mm. And I'm sure that our listeners mm. had not either. Too bad there's already a podcast mm. called Hypercritical. <laughs> That's, yeah. Is that your other podcast? Uh, it's uh, John Syracuse. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hypercritical. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a really good gift giver. Oh, I hope that you, I. I'm sure you're a good gift giver. I'm. I'm about to find out. I suppose you got me a secret gift. Well, yes. I mean, it's not super secret. It's as secret as any gift is gonna be. Okay. No hints, though. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want, want me to you tell to you what it is? Give me a clever hint. Okay. That may would potentially throw me off um, the scent if I didn't really have a good idea of what it what it might be. It's um, fibrous. Hmm. I assume I assume that means it's something that I can eat, but you don't have to tell me if I'm. It's a bran so... muffin. I got your bran muffin two weeks ago. God, bran muffins yeah. are gross. Yeah. Not a huge bran muffin fan. <laughs> what are you into? Bran muffins. <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. You like to poop? This is a good hobby, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> brand muffins, huh? Uh, it's not a brand muffin, mm. but it is fibrous. And you probably can't eat it, but you maybe you could. But I couldn't digest I it. <laughs> uh, no. You could eat it, but you cannot digest it. Man, they shouldn't call that fucking show Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo doesn't do shit. They should call it Velma. Oh, throwing down the throne. gauntlet. <laughs> Velma does do freaking everything <laughs> in that show. And she could wear a turtleneck. Like, that's not an easy piece of item to wear. I can't wear one. Nope. Not that I'm only complimenting her on her wow, body Robert, and you ability have really to failed herself. the feminist movement yourself as a woman and all other women <laughs> <laughs> so i hope you feel bad oh wow <laughs> i hope you feel bad you've done something wrong very very very, very wrong. wrong oh no i feel bad because like um, um are you up on this like kurdish people's party or whatever like the kurd the kurds that are fighting so there's this city in iraq that's surrounded by isis that like is full of kurds who it turns out are like the baddest ass warriors ever and are just like super hardcore but like the u.s doesn't can't support them because the the like they want an independent kurdistan that's like southern southeastern turkey and northern syria and northwestern iraq and the u.s is like no because we're allies with iraq and no because we're allies with uh turkey and we want the opposition to win in syria and they don't want you guys to have independent kurdistan so basically the U.S. like can't admit that they exist but we're getting like u.s forces are gone and everybody's getting their ass kicked by isis in iraq except the kurds so the u.s <laughs> is like fuck we have to help you guys out but so we're like trying to pressure <laughs> Turkey or something, I guess. But anyway, the, the there's this like 
social there's a group of socialist Kurds. They're like nationalist Kurds, and they're also socialists. And they're like, we need independent Kurdistan, and we're socialists, and we're social ecologists, and we're like really badass. And they're they let women fight, and they like have women only units that they field, which is like really kind of unique. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. And. Um, there are all these articles now that are like, yeah, yay, the women and the PKK and like YPJ and whatever the acronyms that they use. But also they have ones that are like, look at all the sexy soldiers, <laughs> like these sexy women were fighting for their survival and oh, like no. the survival of their people. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> so close. <laughs> right? Because it's like, yeah, valorizing the struggles of these women, but then it's like, oh, but it's just because you want to bang them. Fuck. Oh. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Try again, buddy. Just <laughs> give it another go. Okay. <laughs> One, two. Oh. Come on now. You uh, came <laughs> Nothing? What? <laughs> Nothing? What? Um, huh? So I do, you know, sometimes you see those pictures of, like, um, the, like, 1914, like, anarchist warrior women, um, you know, back in, like, what is it? Italy? 1914 warrior women. What kind of? Uh, anarchist, like the, like, a the, the, you know, struggle between oh, the Spain? anarchists and the, the fascists. Yeah. In the 30s. It was right Spain. before World War Two. thank you. God, did I get any part of they that right? They were badass. Thank you. And sometimes I see some of those pictures and I'm like, that's a really attractive woman. Um, so, you know, maybe I can hmm. relate to that. Yeah, bit. it is weird that women are so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. It's, I don't know. It's like... Even even a lot of women I know who are like feminists are like into being good looking and like valorizing other women who are good looking. So yeah, I know it's something to think about. I guess I don't know. I. But <laughs> did you see you saw that Onion article that was uh there was his opinion by the guy who was t- talking about how he had a naked lady fetish. He's like I'm really into <laughs> naked not. ladies, and some people think it's weird. And they're like, why would you be into that? But I don't know. It just really does it for me to see a lady who's naked. <laughs> and it's a funny thing for me because it's clever about, I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. funny. Naked ladies. Naked ladies are funny. Um. Well, I'm losing a little bit of steam. All right, to let's be honest. 